cross, and we looked at seven specific things that, that he said while he was on the cross, and, and then we made our way and, and looked at some things that the Apostle Paul went through and some other people went through, because we don't want to just concentrate, again, if, uh, just if you haven't been with us, just one more time, if you have been with us, uh, those three words, living through it, uh, we, we generally concentrate on the it, uh, on the it that we're in the middle of. We're, 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 it, it's a difficult time, it's a season, it's, a, it's the marriage, it's the job, it's the kids, it's, a, it's the health thing, it's it's it, and it's plaguing you. It's the thought, it's the addiction, it's the emotion, it's the DVD playing in your mind. It's that Netflix all-night, you know, mega, mega run TV show that will never end in your mind, and you're trying to shut it down, the it. But, but really, we're trying to concentrate, and I encourage you, we're trying to concentrate, and what we're focusing on, on the living part. God wants you to live in the middle of dealing with the it. And not in just your own strength. Over in the Old Testament it says it's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, so I'm not the guy that says, just buckle down, you know, show up again, and everything's going to be okay. You, you could do that for 40 years and nothing ever changes. It's going to take the Word of God and it's going to take the Spirit of God, which is readily available to everybody in the room. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody say, thank God for Jesus, right? Thank God for Jesus, yeah. Yeah, so we've been finding out how we can actually live through storms, difficulties, challenges, Days and or seasons in, in a lot of our lives, it, it's, it's a day, it's an event, it's, it, it's there. But then for some of us in the room, it, it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year, it's been, it's been a decade. And some of us have gotten weary and some of us have, 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 have maybe decided just to, just to quit and we're, we're not paddling anymore. We're not, we're not going up against stream. And as, as you well know, if you're not paddling against the current, you're, you're going downstream. Everything dead float, floats downstream. And life is meant to swim against the culture and, and against the force of darkness. And you've got the ability in Christ to do that. And like we said a moment ago, one of the things that we do is we worship God and we praise God. Come on, we, we stay in the Word of God. We act like the Bible. So we get around some people going in some, in some different directions than the world. And, and we're encouraged and we're blessed and we're edified and we're built up ourselves. Amen, everybody? Uh, so, so what I want to do today is we're going to, we're going to look at an Old Testament passage of Scripture. Maybe this is a passage you've never read before. I'm actually going to read it from the Message Translation, so good chance you haven't read it before. And it's going to be the story of a woman who's gone through a very difficult time. As we kind of, again, button up this whole series, I thought there's a lot of different people we could talk about that lived through it. But since this is Mother's Day, maybe you moms, maybe you ladies will identify with this lady. But it'll be for all of us. It'll be for men as well. But look with me. If you've got a Bible or you want to take notes and just kind of write down the reference, it's 1 Samuel chapter 1 in verse 1 through 18. Again, just look on the screen. Tons of words. It's going to read longer than I ever do, but just follow along. There was once a man whose name was Elkanah. He had two wives. Right there, we got trouble. <laughs> this is Old Testament. This isn't New Testament. This was okay then. This is not okay now. The first was Hannah. The second was, I'm calling her Paniah. I don't know if that's her name, but that's what I'm calling her. We could call her Penny. I'm calling her Paniah. Paniah had children. Hannah had None did not. We, we've, got, we've got two women in a house with one man. We've got a woman who can have children, a woman who can't have children. We're going to have some trouble. Every year this man, Elkanah, went from his hometown up to Shiloh to worship and offer a sacrifice to the God of the angel armies. That's the God of hosts, it says in one translation. It's talking about Jehovah God, the one true God. Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, served as priests of God there. They were the leadership, the spiritual leadership there. 
When Elkanah sacrificed, he passed helpings from the sacrificial meal around to his wife, Paniah, and her children. But he always gave an especially generous helping to Hannah because he loved her so much and because God had not given her children. But her rival, this is Paniah, the rival wife, taunted her cruelly, rubbing it in and never letting her forget that God had not given her children. This went on year after year. Every time she went to the sanctuary of God, she could expect to be taunted. Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite. Her husband Elkanah said, Oh, Hannah, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why are you so upset? Am I not more worth to you than ten sons? Uh, stupid husband, no. No. Don't say this, husband, to your wife. She'll say, no. Uh, so Hannah ate. She ate what he prepared. Uh, then, then she pulled herself together, slipped away quietly, and entered the sanctuary. Church, we'd say. The priest Eli was on duty at the entrance of God's temple in the customary seat. Crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. She made a vow as she's praying. Oh, God of the angel armies, this is God of hosts. If you'll take a good, hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. It so happened that as she continued in prayer before God, Eli was watching her closely. Eli's the priest, remember. Hannah was praying in her heart silently. Her lips moved, but no sound was heard. Eli jumped to the conclusion that she was drunk. He approached her and said, you're drunk. How long do you plan on keeping this up? Sober up, woman. Come on, church is tough sometimes, man. And Hannah said, oh, no, sir. Please, I'm a woman hard used. I haven't been drinking, no drop of wine or beer. The only thing I've been pouring out is my heart. Pouring it out to God. Don't for a minute think I'm a bad woman. It's because I'm so desperately unhappy and in such pain that I've stayed here so long. Eli answered her, go in peace. And may the God of Israel give you what you asked of him. Think well of me and pray for me, she said. And she went her way. Then she ate heartily, her face radiant. Hang got time to finish the rest of the story. Again, I want to encourage some of you Bible readers. I hope all of you are. But maybe you'll take some time to read the rest of this. Because later on what we find is that, is that El- Elkanah actually slept with Hannah. And Hannah actually had a son. God opened up her womb. And Samuel, this son that she named Samuel, became one of the greatest prophets in the nation of Israel. So we find a phenomenal story of how this woman uh, uh, actually lived through it. And I want to challenge you today, just lean in for the next little bit that we're together, and I hope that we'll be able to help a lot of us uh, be able to live through the stuff and the seasons that we're in right now, and we'll be able to come out the other side, not burned, not, not distant from God, and not burned in relationships, but again, trusting that God's going to do something amazing. Can you, can you say amen to that? Yeah.
uh, uh, the, the book of First Samuel that we just read a second ago, just this part of this chapter, it, it begins at a real desperate time in, in, in the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel swerved away from God. I'll, I'll, I'll build on that in just a minute. Uh, the, 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 the nation of Israel swerved away from God. The religious system, uh, the priests were unrighteous and, and, and they were away from God. We'll talk about that. And, and in Hannah's home, she didn't have any children. So it's almost like a, a three-prong a disaster going on in a person's life. But what I do know is that just because it was this way with her, and it might be that way with you, it doesn't have to stay that way. This is where faith in God has the ability to change the dynamics of what you're facing. It might happen instantly. It could happen over the process of time, probably a process. But it was dark in the nation. It was dark in the religious system. And it was dark in a home. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. And so, again, I want to encourage you, just, just lean in. Uh, when, when you read Samuel, you know, it's, it, it's, it's first and second Samuel. Right before it, if you kind of go to the, the left in your Bible, there's a book called Ruth. If you go further left, there's a book called Judges. Judges is, is a book where, where uh, it tells us that the nation of Israel, God said, I'm going to be your king, so I don't want you to have a king. But God allowed judges to, 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 who were civic and military leaders in the nation of Israel to rule and to reign. And after Moses died and after Joshua died, God raised up judges to help steer the nation and get them back on track. But uh, we've said this before, the, the reoccurring theme in the book of Judges, which leads up to what we just read right here in 1 Samuel, is this, that, that the nation of Israel would leave God. And it was like when everything's, when it's like, oh, come on, this is my Tennessee language coming out. When you're living high in the hog, you know what I'm talking about there? All the bills paid. Come on, you've got a Cadillac Escalade with spinny rims and you're rolling. Come on, you, 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 you've got all your clothes, you've got all the house, you've got a little, you got a little fun money, whatever. Everything's good. Uh, the, the Bible says these guys left God. These guys left God. Then, then God, it says, would deliver them into the hand of the enemy. In other words, God just removed his protection from us. Y'all don't want me, y'all on your own. And then, then, then uh, they cry out to God because the enemy would come in and, and take their land and take their stuff and impoverish them. And, and they'd cry out to God. Then God would raise up a judge who would deliver them from their enemies. This, this was a cycle. It was the yo-yo. Year after year, uh, Samson was a judge. And we Jephthah was a judge. So, so you read that in the book of Judges. This is what happened all, all the time. And so we, we, we pick this up. In First Samuel, and this is a time that, 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 that the nation of Israel was, was away from God. It was dark in the nation. It was, it, was, it was desperate in the religious system. And it was desperate in this woman's home. And, and so let me just encourage you. Your, your life doesn't have to be a yo-yo. It doesn't have to be hot and cold. You can just be steadily growing and increasing the knowledge of God and, and seeing God do something amazing in your life and, and seeing change in your life. It doesn't mean that testings and challenges are, are, aren't kind of coming against you and grading you. But but you're letting them work for you. And hopefully we're able to show you a little bit more about how that can happen, how that can happen today. Uh, but uh, let me just encourage you that when it comes to our nation, when it comes to situations uh, that are not only going in your home, 
But again, this religious system back there, but the nation was in a desperate situation. That's why 1 Timothy chapter 2 tells us to pray for our civic leaders. Come on, everybody. That's why it says pray for those that are over us, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Come on, everybody. That's why you need to be praying for President Trump, whether you like the brother or not. You need to be praying for our senators or congressmen, whether you like him or not. You need to be praying for our governor of California, Governor Newsom, whether you like him or not. You need to be praying for Mayor Salas, Mayor Chula Vista and all our council members, whether you like them or not. Why? Because I don't know about you, but I want to live a peaceful and godly life. Come on, everybody. So pray for the authorities over you. That's what your job is. That's what we're supposed to do every day. And so, again, the nation of Israel was in a dark and a desperate situation. It, it was challenging. Again, challenging in the home. Man, when I, and the, what the text says this concerning Hannah, every time it, it went on, she went to the temple, and this happened year after year after year after year. That nothing changed. Her womb was barren. She looks over there at Paniah, Penny, and Penny's popping out kids. Come on, like Tic Tacs. Come on. And she's, what, what's going on with me, God? How come you haven't heard my prayer? And can I say that on Mother's Day? I think I did. I don't know if, I was, if you can say that. Uh, it was just awful. And some of you have done it. You're looking at, how, how come this is going on in my life? How, how come they got blessed? How come they got the job? How come they got the increase? God, don't you see me? What's, what's the matter? And maybe nothing's the matter. You're just going through a season that God's allowing something, not causing something, but he's allowing something that will cause you to draw near to him, and you're going to see him show up in a different way. Can you say amen, everybody? What I want to do is that in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when people named their kids, they named them, it was almost like a prophetic declaration, that when Jacob actually named his sons, they, their names actually meant something. In the Hebrew, again, when you read it in the Old Testament, their names are like a prophetic picture of who they are or who they're going to be. What I want to do is I want to kind of take a little sidestep, if you will, and I'm going to look at the four main characters that we just read in 1 Samuel 1, uh, chapter 1 uh, through 18. I want to look at these four guys, these four, well, these, this, this uh, two men and two women that we just mentioned. I want to tell you what their names actually mean in the Hebrew, and I want to paint a picture about uh, kind of a sub-story about what's going on. So, so uh, lean in. I think this might help somebody this morning. Uh, the four characters in the story we read, number one was a guy named Elkanah. He was the husband. Elkanah in the Hebrew means this, God has possessed. That's what his name means. God has possessed, or God has possessed me. Uh, Paniah actually means jewel. Her name in Hebrew means jewel, jewel. Hannah, her name, again, in the Hebrew, it means grace. Her name means grace. Kind of interesting. And Eli, who was the priest, his name means ascension. Ascension. So again, Elkanah, his name means God has possessed. God has possessed. And we've got Paniah. Paniah means jewel, jewel. Hannah means grace. And and Eli actually means ascension. And, And so... I want to look at these four names in this order, the order that they actually show up in in our text that we just read. And I want to paint a picture to you that hopefully, again, might help some of you this morning as we kind of just stop and hover just a second here before we go on. Look on the screen. If you will commit, if you'll stay committed to the place God has already possessed for you, that's the key. God has already possessed for you the Elkanah. If you'll stay committed to the place, it's a hard place. 
It's a difficult place. It's a challenging place in the marriage right now, at the job right now, with the kids right now, with, with trying to hold it, dad, all together. Mom, trying to hold it all together, working in the house and my, my health and, and my future, and I'm taking a class, and I'm trying to hold it all together. But if, if you'll stay committed to the place God has already possessed for you, and if you will value and respect the jewels in others, even though you're hurting, even though you're hurting, you look around your life, as the scripture says concerning Paniah, that she provoked Hannah. Listen, she provoked her. She taunted her. She humiliated her. She made her feel miserable because she was childless. So if you'll value and say, I know you're talking, I know you're saying stuff, but, but I believe there's more in you, Jewel. There's more in you, Paniah. Even though you're coming against me, you're attacking me, boss, family member, life, situation, devil, whoever it is, then you will be able to receive the grace and the favor God has for you there. You're going to see a Hannah. You're going to be able to receive right there the grace and favor God has for you there. And lastly, and regardless of what it looks like, you are going to be able to ascend and rise up like Eli. His name means ascension. So there's something about a person who just says, this isn't the way it's always going to be, and I'm not going to run from this, and God, you've possessed me, and this is where I'm supposed to be. I've checked that box, and I'm going to look around and say, I don't care what they say. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to still value people around me. I'm not going to come against you and know you're coming against me. I'm going to treat you like a jewel, and I'm going to receive grace and favor in my life because I'm going to be honoring God, and I am going to rise up out of this ash and out of this darkness. Come on, out of this depression and out of this pit. Come Come on, out of this grave. Come on, how many of y'all still believe in resurrection power? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Um, come on, let's just kind of bed down here for just a couple seconds about if we're going to live through it. I just want to give you a couple points here about what Hannah did, and I think that we're going to be able to uh, gain some help for us as well. Um, if you're going to live through it, let, let, let's just key on, on three things I, I think that she did. And, uh, again, um, I believe you're going to be able to do it as well. Number one, pursue God. Pursue God in your pain. Pursue God in your pain. Can you say that with me? Pursue God in your pain. I, 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 I've been around long enough, and you, you, you've been around there too, that the worst thing, or the, the, the thing, the, the most, the, the most um, common thing, I should say, it's when you're in pain, we go into hiding. We go in a shell. We go in a cave. We're like, uh, we're like Elijah. We run away from God. And yet God was tracking the brother down and found him in a cave. And so you do realize that no matter where you go, God's going to find you. Come on, everybody. And, and so here's Hannah. You know, again, the picture we read it is that, you know, here it is in 1 Samuel 1, 7. So it was year by year. That's, that's, those are the words. Year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. Year by year. That, that, that she went up to the house of the Lord and, and, and Paniah was, was taunting her and, and, and nagging her and harassing her. And year by year, she still went to God. Year by year, she came with her husband. She did what was, what was right even though she didn't feel right. Even though there was hurt inside her, she still showed up. She, she, he, he still was the man, we'd say. She still was the mom, the, the woman. She still was a college student who, who, who kept herself pure, even though everything, there's pain inside her looking for a husband, looking for a date, whatever the case may be that we deal with. 
she pursued God, God in her, in her pain, um, year by year. There's just got to be something in your life that just says, I, I refuse to quit pursuing God. It doesn't make a difference what it looks like. It doesn't make, this isn't about me receiving every single thing. This is me about honoring God. I'm going to honor you and I'm going to serve you. And we'll tell you how important it is in just a minute. Uh, the Apostle Paul, we've read this many, many times before. The Apostle Paul says this, that I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing toward the goal. Uh, there's a press. It's, again, the story or the, the word picture, I should say, uh, of the athlete who's going for the line. And you've seen it, the 100-meter dash or the 200, I guess the 100-meter, and they're, and they're going. And the, the, the man or the woman is lunging everything. They're pressing. They're, they're forced against something. And they want to make it to the finish line. Nothing's going to stop them. That, that, that it's going to take something inside you to get up every day to say, I'm not quitting. I'm not going back. I'm going to pursue the call of God. I'm going to pursue the person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to serve people today. I'm going to pray today. I, I, when, when, I, when I don't even know if you're hearing me, I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, I'm going to lay, lay my life down. I'm going, to, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else, even though I need blessing right now. Pursue God Pursue God in your pain. Let me just, just look on the screen just a second. Let me just encourage you just to press in your pain and persist in your pursuit. Just, just press in your pain and persist in your pursuit. I, I can't tell you, some of you all uh, just, that work out or do any kind of athletics, whether it's now or when you're a kid, you remember it, that there's always times, it happens to me all the time on a bicycle, it happens to me almost every time that I'm at a very hard event or a very hard you know, ride with some friends and, and your legs are burning and it's just screaming and, and maybe you're, you're feeling twinges and you're feeling like a cramp's going to come and it happens all the time in a hard ride. I mean, just a hard ride. And, and, but when you press through it, when, when maybe you just take a time and you're just, you rub it out a little bit, you just keep going. Listen, God did not say you're going to go through life without any pain. You're going to have pain. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have frustrations. You're going to have things that don't turn out your own way. It doesn't mean that God's left you. It means you're going to have to keep pursuing God. Yeah. Look at this. Psalm 143, verse 9. David says this. Rescue me. Come on, let's read this out loud. Come on. One, two, three, read. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Man. Rescue me. Rescue me. Everyone pray that. Rescue me. Rescue me. But he says this, I run to you to hide me. Man, I, I think so many just Christians, I'm not talking about people who don't know God. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people who say, you know, Jesus is my Lord, that I've surrendered to him and I want him in my life. That, that in the middle of difficulties, we do everything but run to him. We, 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 we try to find our own way. We try to, try to do things, you know, try to get ourselves out of this situation or, or try to try some natural thing that's got spiritual roots. The only way you're going to be able to get out of what you're in right now is going to be a spiritual remedy. Let me tell you, it's going to take God. I'm not saying there can't be natural help. I'm not saying you don't need some medication. I'm not saying you don't need to go see a counselor. I'm not saying you don't need a help to somebody help you through this situation in class or something or whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that. But, but the, the, the remedy is always going to be spiritual in nature. So, so you've got to say, and you've got to keep coming to God, that I've got enemies in my life, but I'm going to run to you. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to run from you. 
I mean, we know the story that after Jesus was resurrected, uh, you know the story. Well, before that, while he was in Pilate's court, uh, he looks out there to Peter and, and Peter's denying him three times and the rooster crows and, and Peter goes off and he, he just weeps bitterly. And, and then Jesus is crucified and Jesus pays for our sins. Three days later, he, he's resurrected and the Bible says he's on the earth for about 40 days showing himself and teaching and preaching. Uh, one day he came, you know, just come through a door and, and, and there's disciples there and, and everybody's there except Peter, except Peter. And, and Jesus gives the word to the disciples. Hey, go tell Peter, go tell Peter. Uh, listen, uh, Jesus wasn't going to leave Peter off just because he didn't, he denied him. Uh, Peter had to turn from that, 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 that thing, that same thing Judas did. When Judas denied him, he hung himself. But when Peter denied him, he ran back to Jesus. Listen, run back to Jesus. Listen, today, no matter what, if you're dealing with sexuality issues and you're dealing with whatever, same-sex attraction, you're dealing with addiction, you're dealing with crazy stuff, you think people don't love you, you're dealing with the lies of the enemy, whatever it is today, listen, my prayer for you is that you would run to Jesus. He's going to be able to help you. Can you say amen, everybody? Man. Man, check this scripture out. Man, this, this, I didn't hear this for years. But how many know it's good to read the whole Bible? It's good to read the whole Bible. Look at Psalm 119, verse 71. David says this, My suffering was good for me. What? For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. My suffering was good for me. I'm looking back now as almost a 60-year-old man, looking back now to go every difficult thing I went through, thank you, God. Because the difficult things I went through draw, drew me to you. They didn't draw me away from you. Thank God I had a true north in me. I had something that was in me that was embedded in me from the time I was a little guy. And I went to Bible school and I just started seeking God and hungry for God. Thank God for the suffering. Thank God for the difficult season. Because in the difficult season, I got a chance to see you and know you and hear you clear, oh God. He didn't cause it. He didn't pray, but he allowed it so that I, my heart would be directed to him and I could pay attention more seriously to his word and his decrees. Come on, somebody say, thank God for the word. Come on, thank God for the word. So come on, pursue God in your pain. Pursue God in your pain. We see it with Hannah. I mean, let me encourage you, kind of side thought. Here, here we are, it's the same kind of thought. Pray, pray when it hurts. Look, look, just pray when it hurts. Pray when it hurts. Just pray when it hurts. Uh, pray, pray when you don't think that God, when it seems like, like I say, he, heaven's bronze, like, like, like you pray and, and the prayer's not going higher than your forehead, uh, but that's when you gotta pray by faith. J just pray when it hurts. Hannah, check it out, we read it. Hannah poured out her soul to God in prayer, weeping, crying, her mouth was moving, no words were coming out. Different translations says, translations say, she, she was brokenhearted, she was full of grief, she was distressed, she was troubled, she was crushed inconsolably, it says. Listen, Hannah knew how to pray even when she hurt, even when she hurt. She knew to go to church, she knew to cry out to God, she knew to ask God something about her situation. Elkanah couldn't change her situation. He couldn't change what was going on with Paniah behind the scenes. He couldn't open up her womb. Only God could. So again, my prayer to you today is that we would quit looking for man to help us when only God can help us. Yeah. Psalm 38.8. 8. 
I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans, David said, come from an anguished heart. This is a psalm that David is being chased, most, most theologians believe, from, from his son Absalom. And he's just exhausted. He's crushed, he says. And, man, I've got groans. I've got these pleas from, in my heart. It's just anguish. I can't believe I'm in this situation. And yet, we find that David's going to pray. He's going to pray, and his heart's going to be directed back, back to God. Uh, last week, we, we looked at the Apostle Paul um, at, at quite a length and from a, a portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he, he's, in a, he's, in a, he's in an awful spot. I mean, uh, 2 Corinthians 11 tells us all the stuff he went through. He, you know, five times he received 39 lashes on his back. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was left for dead. There was perils from robbers and perils from countrymen. People he thought would be with him forever left him. I mean, this guy went through all, everything. He said hungry nights and thirsty nights, and, and I didn't have proper clothing. And then he says, on top of all that, i got to care for all the churches that I started. And, 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 and uh, he, he comes to a situation in, in 2 Corinthians 12. We don't know when this was. It doesn't tell us exactly what part of his life it, it happened. But it says that he comes to God and he says, God, there's this there, there's this this." Demonic opposition, a messenger of Satan, has come to buffet me, beat me, and torment me, and come against my life, blow after blow. Again, the picture is a is the sail or the sailboat or a boat out at sea, where the, where the wave just comes and beats against the ship. And, and and we found out that he prayed to God three times, and nothing changed. Nothing changed. Year after year, she goes to the temple and says, God, help me. And nothing changed. Yet she kept coming. Will you have a keep coming faith and prayer? And he says, you know, God, I'm asking you to take this away. Take it away. And he got an answer, but he didn't get the answer he was expecting. And the answer was 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I am going to give you grace. You have grace to go through this situation. You have grace in your race. In the good days, when they're giving bouquets to you. In the bad days, when they're running you from city to city. In the good days, when there's money in the bank. In the challenging days, when you're eating mustard sandwiches. Can I get an amen? No baloney. Come on. Just mustard. <laughs> when I went to Bible school... The apartment I was in, because that was all I could afford, I, I couldn't have, afford my own apartment. And so I actually rented a room from a couple who were uh, uh, older students there, and I rented a room from them. And, and they didn't live in a great part of, of Tulsa. And uh, so since they didn't live in a great part of Tulsa, Oklahoma, I didn't live in a great part of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, uh, there I was at, at night, and, and uh, uh, sorry, Mother's Day, uh, uh, laying in the bed, and cockroaches run, were running across my face. And... And, and uh, Kimberly um, happened multiple times. And, and Kimberly came over when I started dating Kimberly. She always thought it was weird how I opened up. The, I, I'd say, well, you just stay out there. Don't come in the kitchen. You just stay out there. I'd open up the kitchen and scurry, scurry, scurry all in, all in the cabinets. There was, it, was just, it was just pretty awful. But how many know that that didn't last forever? You know, how many know uh, you can go to the store and buy some Raid? Come on, somebody, say amen. 
uh, God, you know, in all of our life, God wants us to be able to take authority and walk in our authority and yet be able to understand that my grace is sufficient for you right now in this season. Come on, there's grace for you right now. Come on, mamas, there's grace. Come on, dads, come on, single people. There's grace for you. There's unreserved, come on, unmerited, uh, undeserved favor of God. The favor of God for you right now. The power of God right now in your life to be able to do what you're doing and be able to endure what you're going through. There is grace. Come on, poke your neighbor to say there's grace for you. Come on, tell him there's grace for you. There's grace for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we read a couple of weeks ago, we read with, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying in the garden, and he, he's dropping great sweats, of, drops of blood, it says. And Luke actually says this. And he, he actually gets his disciples there, and he, and he tells you, you, you guys over there. But then he gets Peter, James, and John, and he says, y'all come over here, and you watch with me and pray, pray with me. And, and the Bible actually says he, he just went a little bit further, and he fell down. And, and that's when he's just praying, he's saying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, not as I will, right? But as you will, as you will, he, it says he was sorrowful unto death. Not, not, God wasn't leaving him, but this was something he had to live through as a savior. But I like what it says, though. It says that he, 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 he as he left Peter and James and John there, it says he, he went a little further. He just went a little further. So maybe you haven't heard everything today. Maybe just today you just hear these few words. This week, my prayer for you, and I'm asking you, is to go just a little further. Just go a little further. Let your faith rise up to God just a little further. Open up the Word of God just a little more this week. Set your clock five minutes earlier, just just five minutes, so you can pray just a little more. But let's ask that God would be able to do something in you and you'd be able to see something this week just a little bit more. His plan would come just a little bit clearer. I, I, I think we all want like what goes on in San Diego, like, you know, been kind of crazy weather. The clouds come in, and it's rain and then and then boom, it's bright blue like normal in San Diego now. Seventy two. And come on. Uh, but but, you know, how many know that a lot of times clouds stay for a long time? Uh, but you, what I'm asking you to do is, even though it's cloudy, it might be cloudy tomorrow, that you just you just press in just a, just a, just a little bit further. Well, what's crazy about the prayer that Hannah actually prayed is that Hannah's prayer, if you remember it, Hannah's prayer wasn't just for herself. As a mom, that I want a child. Hannah's prayer was actually, God, if you give me a son, I'm going to give him to you. So maybe God's not giving you what you're asking until you ask with the right motive. Maybe God doesn't want you in the right job because you're going to get the raise and you're going to go cray cray. Maybe you don't need that new car because that car is going to cause you to be full of pride. I'm just saying, he's a good, good father. And I, I, I don't know what he's doing in your life, but I'm just saying, in, in the middle of it, make sure that when you ask what you ask for, that you're asking with the right motive and the right heart, and that you want God to be honored in what you're asking Him for. 
So it's more than just about you. It's God like her. God, if you give me a son, I'm going to be really fulfilled. But, but when he's weaned, as the story says, when he's weaned, I'm going to bring him to the temple. And he's going to be leading. He's going to be guiding. And I believe he's going to be a mighty man of God. I'm going to give him back to you, oh God. It's not just going to be my son. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be the mom and Elkanah's going to be the father. We're going, to, we're going to do what we need to do with this son, but we're going to give him back to you. Lastly, the third thing here, man, if you're going to live through it, let me just encourage you. You're going to have to trust that God can use imperfect people. You have to trust that God can use imperfect people. At the time of this event, listen, at the time of this event uh, that we read in 1 Samuel 1, Eli, the priest, was blind, was blind. And the text says that he was fat, extremely fat, extremely fat. In biblical terms, blind symbolically means he lost his vision. He lost his purpose in life as a priest. And fat symbolically, again, means that he was carnal. He was fleshly. He was just serving himself and his own desires, not God's desires. But in the middle of that... He gave Hannah a prophetic word. He gave her a word. God's going to hear your prayer. God's going to answer your prayer. And I think sometimes that we go through life and we think that, that everything's just, again, got to be like a Hollywood movie. How many know life is just not like that? And everything's perfect and everything works out and everything's just exactly the way it is and they look this way and then, but, but that's not what was going on. So let me just encourage you. Don't be glued to the messenger, but be open to the message. Just don't be glued to the messenger. Because how many of you realize already at this point is that, is that God can just about use anybody? Come on, somebody. Come on. God, God had a donkey talking in the Old Testament. Come on. That's Old Testament. And I think New Testament. I've heard some donkeys speak. Some of y'all get that later. You get that later. But, but just don't be glued to the messenger. Be open to the message. So, so let me just encourage you. Uh, uh, even though it was, it was desperate in the nation, even though it was desperate in the religious system, and even though it was desperate in her home, she got her eyes off of people, and she put her eyes on the person, Jesus, or God. So let me encourage you. Lift up. Come on, everybody. Lift up your eyes. Come on. Your help doesn't come from a mountain. It doesn't come from a business. It doesn't come from a person. Your help comes from God. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, guys, would you throw some music on? Help me up here. We haven't got a keyboard player right now. I need some music. Come on. We're going to some ambiance in here. Uh, I was just thinking, how are we going to wrap this whole thing up? How, how are we going to wrap this up, uh, live, living through it? How are we going to do it? Man, um, I... I I, I, I think one of the greatest things, I've, I've been hearing this, uh, this word for about two years now, is um, uh, uh, learn, just, just learn to forget. Let me encourage you. Just learn to forget. Let me say it that way because I think that we, we, learn, to, we learn to, you know, remember stuff and, and think about stuff. I'm, I'm going to school to, to learn new information. Let me challenge you. You, you need to learn how to forget. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold. The word behold means stop, pause, look at it. Let your gaze be on this. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Learn to forget. Learn to forget. The the situation you're in isn't always going to be that way. I mean, some of you all have had awful loss in your life. 
a spouse left you, kids have lied, somebody's stolen money, people promised you all kinds of stuff and it just hasn't materialized. And if you're not careful, that thing will hold you. And it will do like what we said several weeks ago. It, it will crucify you day after day if you don't let it go and put it in the grave and believe God that you'll be raised up out of those ashes. Learn to forget. You just got to change. You, you just got to say, I'm, I, I choose not to remember that anymore. I'm not going to remember the divorce. I'm not going to remember the, the bankruptcy. I'm not going to remember that awful emotional abuse or spiritual abuse or sexual abuse that I went through. I'm not going to remember that I was a perpetrator of it. Paul says to the churches as he talks about some really hard sins and he says, and such were some of you. Because you've got a past and so do I. But God says, you have to learn the power to forget it. And if you will forget it, And if you will draw near to him and not remember and look to say, God, I'm asking you to do a new thing. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm asking. Listen, I believe 2019 can be the greatest year of your life, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just finish up the series with this. I mean, this is easy for me. This is just who I am. Maybe it's not you. So let me encourage you. Just choose joy. Just choose joy. Listen, come on, say that with me. Choose joy. Uh, Joy is an emotion. You know, you can choose joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit inside you. Galatians 5 says, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's on the inside of you because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So just choose it. Just choose it. That doesn't look like joy. James says, count it joy. I'm going to count that joy. I'm in the middle of some suffering right now, but suffering ain't getting to me. Suffering's around me, but I'm going to choose joy. Come on, you don't like me? I'm still going to like you. Come on, I'm going to choose joy. Come on, you burnt my toast. I ain't burning yours. I'm choosing joy. Come on, check this. Here's James 1. I love this translation, the voice. Check it out. Don't run from tests and hardships. I think some of us have been doing that, brothers and sisters. As difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Don't run from tests and challenges. As difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. This is where I'm at right now. Seems like I'm on a cross right now. I am on a cross right now. Don't know where to go right now. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to forget the past. I'm going I'm to learn to forget And I'm going to choose joy. It actually says with Jesus in the book of Hebrews, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. Why? Because he was seeing you and me. He did it for you and me. Come on, everybody. Do you believe you're going to live through it? Come on, I believe you're going to live through it. Come on, let's give God some praise up in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that, dear Heavenly Father? We pray in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our situation right now, we're going to be able to live through it. We've heard some phenomenal things the last several weeks from your word. So I pray some of these words today from Hannah that we saw with her husband and with Paniah even being taunted at. Father, and even the crazy situation going on in the religious culture with Eli. And Father, here's a woman who prayed. Here's a woman who pursued. Here's a woman 
who listened to a man even though the messenger had some spots in his life. So, Father, I pray today for every person in the room that no matter what they're going through, our eyes are going to be on you. We're going to draw near to you. and We're going to pray. We are going to go a little further. We're going to take a little closer step to you this week. And we're going to see you speak to us and lead us and guide us and open up doors. We're going to walk through them, oh God, and you're going to, you're going to be our God. And we're going to see answers that maybe we haven't seen. And you're going to hold us in the middle of a difficult situation. Maybe, maybe there's no breakthrough this week or this month. Father, maybe there's no breakthrough this year, but our hearts are resolved. We're going to press. We're going to pursue the person of Jesus Christ. We're going to not allow the difficulty to determine our outlook or our perspective. Because you're good and your mercy surrounding us all the days of our life. We pray. Come on, right there with your head bowed in Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes bowed, your head bowed. Give everyone the right to privacy around you. question we always ask at the end of a service is, do you know Jesus? You can come to church today and you can be a great person, a religious person. You can be coming to church all the time and still not know, have a personal, up-close, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ.